Hello and welcome. My name is Anita Posch and this is the Bitcoin Co. podcast, where you can listen to interviews with the brightest minds in Bitcoin and get insights and background stories about Bitcoin's philosophy and technology. Hello, I hope you have a good day and thank you for listening to this episode. For more information and all the links that are mentioned in this episode, take a look at the episode description on the website or in your podcast player. There, you'll also find a link to send me a voice message. Before we start, a short message from my sponsors and please listen to it. Why? Because... Until there's a better solution to pay self-employed media producers like me, sponsoring is the only way to get funds to produce this podcast. And I really try hard to present only the best products and services for you. You're looking for a solution to store Bitcoin the safe and easy way? The Card Wallet is a high-secure way for storing Bitcoin offline, developed by Coinfinity and the Austrian State Printing House. The Card Wallet is a professional cold storage solution made with high-quality security materials and tamper-proof features that prevent the manipulation of the card. If you want to know more or buy the Card Wallet, go to www.cardwallet.com. That's www.cardwallet.com Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Bitcoin and Co. podcast. My guest today is Thomas Föcklin. He's the lead developer and founder of the Electrum Wallet. We met last week at the legendary Room 77, which was one of the first businesses worldwide that accepted Bitcoin as a payment in 2011. And he was so kind to accept my interview invitation. Hello, Thomas. Hello, Anita. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your time. Please, can you introduce yourself? What have you done before you started the Electrum Wallet? And how and when did you get interested in Bitcoin? Well... I was a researcher in computer science. I was working in France at the time and uh, I discovered Bitcoin uh, at the end of 2010. There was this uh, Slashdot article about Bitcoin um, that raised a lot of interest because the market cap went over $1 million <laughs> at the time. And so I, yeah, I, I, I was hooked by, by the, the paper, the white paper. I tried to read it and, uh, I couldn't really understand it because I was so excited. Um, it was, uh, I spent a few days really trying to, to, to read it, uh, and having no sleep because, uh, the idea of a cryptocurrency was something that I, I I had been uh, involved with this idea long before Bitcoin. I mean, the idea was around already uh, years before people were talking about that. And so when I learned about Bitcoin, I realized, oh, somebody actually found a solution to this problem. Mm -hmm. So that's how it started. And uh, then I started to play with it and to write some little pieces of code. And uh, after a few months, I had uh, I had uh, the basic components of a wallet. Mm -hmm. So you just played around to learn what Bitcoin is. Yeah, initially I 
I just wrote a little bit of code because I wanted to learn about how Bitcoin works. And uh, during the summer 2011, there was a, a, a website called uh, mybitcoin.com that was a that was a hosted wallet, a custodian wallet run by an anonymous operator that went uh, bankrupt or that, that pretended to be robbed and that have lost 50% of the bitcoins. Mm. So it created a big uh, crash in the Bitcoin economy at the moment, at the time. And um, uh, yeah, it was a big disaster. Uh, and so I th at the time, there was not so many wallets available. You had, uh, you, you could use a, a full node or you had uh, this kind of website that was not secure at all. And I thought there had to be something in the middle. So a wallet that uh, normal people can use, but that does not expose them to the risk of a custodial uh, wallet. And they also don't need to run their own full node. That's uh, yeah. That that's the yeah, that's the that, point yeah. because the running a full node was uh, and still is uh, difficult and uh, requires a, a lot of resources. So um, a lot of users uh, were using this website, and uh, when it was uh, uh, when this website fails, actually a lot of people lost uh, bitcoins there. Uh, so at the time I was, uh, I had uh, pretty much uh, everything it takes to write a wallet that was uh, working uh, a bit differently from a hosted wallet. Mm -hmm. So a light wallet, yeah. Yeah. So you said you were interested in uh, cryptocurrency before, even before Bitcoin uh, arrived. Yeah. Uh, have you have you also uh, read the, the the works of the cypherpunks and stuff, or books like economical books on the topic? Topic, or was it just uh, no? Was I was uh, I read some some of the uh, posts of uh, Way Day, mm -hmm. and uh, I some random posts uh, on uh, on mailing list. And I was involved in a peer-to-peer -peer project called The Circle, which was a distributed hash table. And at the time, we were considering this uh, the usage of a, of a DHT for, for a cryptocurrency. Okay. Uh, but we didn't have a solution to the consensus problem, so mm -hmm. that never really uh, worked. So the consensus problem is the double spending problem? Yeah, 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 the, the decentralized consensus or, mm -hmm. or the double spend. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the solution that was found by, by Satoshi Nakamoto. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, um, you were working for, uh, a research institute? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. I was working and, uh, as a researcher at INRIA. In, in France. In France. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been employed there? I mean, did you just choose to be an entrepreneur then? And I thought... was, I, I was, uh, employed as a full-time researcher. And, uh, I, at some point, I, I mean, I started to write Electrum when I, I still had my job there. And it was, uh, taking more and more of my time because I was really, uh, focusing on that because Bitcoin was really, uh, very exciting. It was not related to my research. My topic of research was machine learning and neural networks. Um, so uh, at some point I felt that I had to make a choice and uh, I decided to to take a leave and to create a company. Mm -hmm. But isn't uh, 
Bitcoin also like a little, like an organism, like with having like networks? I mean, um, I think it, it works a little bit like an organism. Yes. Are you referring to neural networks? Yeah, a little yes. Bit. I, I think my interest is uh, fundamentally in, in systems that are decentralized and uh, neural networks are a decentralized method of computation. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. something, that's a common pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what are the features or the values or the uh, characteristics of Bitcoin that you are interested in? Like in a longer perspective, in your personal view and vision? I'm interested in the economy and in how we can uh, change the monetary system, have uh, to be less uh, reliant on banks and uh, to have uh, uh, an economy that uh, where, where the the money supply does not uh, does not depend on credit mm-hmm. because I think that one of the drivers of uh, economic cycles and the, this uh, so-called uh, boom and bust cycle is uh, that uh, you have, uh, with the current banking system, you have uh, what is called in engineering terms a positive feedback loop in the sense that uh, if more people are uh, taking loans, uh, more money is created and then the economy goes uh, better, so to say. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how it feels. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people feel more confident to take more loans. So you have this uh, this self-reinforcing thing that can go either in the direction of uh, boom or of bust. Uh, and so this is... So it's called a positive feedback, but that's not something I view as positive. It's just an engineering term to to... To phrase this, uh, it means that uh, you have this uh, retroaction, positive retroaction that uh, drives the system out of bounds. And uh, I think this is uh, one of the main drivers of the 2008 crisis. Um, so having a, a money system that is uh, independent of uh, credit would actually stabilize the economy. Bitcoin is open source. I guess the Electrum wallet is also uh Yeah, of open course. Uh, it oh. is it is open source. I don't think you can actually I mean you can because some people have done it, but uh it's morally wrong to create a wallet software that is not open source. Uh especially if you if you're doing anonymously. I mean of course yeah. you can find some examples of wallets like this. I mean uh, there was the Samurai wallet that was released uh anonymously and closed source after some people made pressure on them they they open source it but uh, yeah okay. uh, I, I i think you you the the idea is that you don't want to trust the the software you want to be able to read it mm-hmm. so uh, that's why it has to be open source so being mm-hmm. transparent is a very important thing uh, to prevent corruption and uh, other stuff. Yes, especially if you are not revealing your identity. Mm. Uh, Satoshi Nakamoto never revealed his identity, but it's okay because the source was, uh, was uh, readable. And, um, so in my position, you, okay, there is a distinction between, uh, open source 
well, between the source that you release and uh, whether or not you're going to release binaries, compiled binaries of your code. Um, so I started Electrum um, without revealing my identity. Uh, and I was only revealing, I, I was only uh, distributing uh, source code. And some other people uh, started to build binaries for Windows of Electrum. And then I got scared because those people were just as anonymous as myself, but they could really harm the project if they, they were actually building uh, uh, malware, I mean, uh, Bitcoin stealing uh, malware in these uh, binaries. So I, I thought I had to distribute those binaries myself in order to to preserve the project. Mm -hmm. But making me uh, someone who distributes binaries also means that I can no, no longer be anonymous. Mm -hmm. Because binaries rely not just on uh, on the, the source code, but on uh, the trust that the binary actually matches the source code. Um, especially at that time, because we did not have deterministic builds. We do have them now on Windows, so it's a bit less critical on Windows, but we still don't have, have them on Mac. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. Deterministic builds means that everybody can verify that the the source code and the binary the binary is derived from the source code. Ah, okay. And can you maybe explain what a binary is? Binary is uh, an executable file that ah. you download on Windows. Or so Mac. you can install yeah. the program or the wallet on a computer. Yes, you typically you do not need that on Linux uh, because you can compile from the source. Um, but on Windows, it's kind of difficult for users to do that. So this is why binaries are so popular. Mm -hmm. And you said you were scared because the other people were also anonymous. Were you by that time also scared to release uh, a wallet like this for Bitcoin? Uh, because we, you didn't know back then if Bitcoin is illegal or not. Was this also a reason for being anonymous? No, I mean, I... I don't think it's uh, it's illegal to release a, a computer program. That's uh, that's not. I mean, you can you can have some illegal activities with Bitcoin, but that would not be something illegal. No, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. not uh, not in Europe at least. Yeah, <laughs> but why did you choose then to be anonymous? Oh, it was a default choice. I mean, this was not my main job. It was just a side project. I had, uh, yeah, I didn't uh, have any reason to to reveal my identity when I started the project. So mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to be famous. I just had a, a, a pseudonym and uh, that's it. I just wanted to to write a better wallet. Um, and I decided then later that uh, I had to reveal my name because I was also releasing binaries and uh, those okay. binaries involves some trust. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, understand. So you said you uh, released the first version in 2011? Yes, yes, I think November, yeah. So, and uh, when did you become an entrepreneur then? First um, years? I think it was 14. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I... So I released Electrum and I worked on it for about a year. And then I decided to pass on the project to Amir Taki because I thought it was, 
I, I did not want to, to quit my job in research and I wanted to focus on my research and I thought it was taking too much of my time. So then I, so I, for, for about one year, I went back to my research, try, try to, to focus on my research. And during that time, actually, I could not because Bitcoin was so addictive. So after some time, I decided to come back to Electrum and then to create a company. Okay. And what was the business model at the beginning? Because uh, as far as I know, in, in your wallet or in general in open source Bitcoin wallets, um, you can't earn any money because no, the users yeah, only pay the transaction we, fee for the miners? It's not, I mean, Electrum is mainly an open source project. It, uh, it doesn't really have to be a, a business. Uh, I created a business because uh, it allows me to pay uh, developers and it also um, allows to uh, establish, uh, to give trust to, to some companies who, who, who want to have support, for mm -hmm. example, this kind of services. But uh, if the company wasn't there anymore, the the the, the project itself would perfectly uh, continue to thrive. Yeah, but you would uh, you need something to pay your bills too, your personal. Yes, of, of course. Uh, well, I was happy to to invest early in Bitcoin, so for myself it's not a problem. And for the company, we do have a business model, so we we actually uh, run. Uh, I mean, it's kind of balanced now. We have. Uh, We have uh, income coming from services uh, that are built into the wallet. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is uh, uh, this is sufficient to pay the, the bills and the salaries. Okay, that's great. So um, the multi-sig feature you told me. Yes, that's the, we have a partnership with a company that is in the US. Mm -hmm. They are called Trusted Coin. And they provide uh, multi-seq two of three uh, two-factor authentication. Um, so the the thing is, they have one of the private keys, and the user has two of them. But uh, the user only leaves uh, one private key on their computer. So uh, whenever you want to pay, you co-sign with Trusted Coin, and uh, users have to pay a few cents per transaction for that. Um, so it's, uh, about the same order as, uh, as the mining fees. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. That means it's built in, into Electrum. Yeah. It's an option. You don't okay. have to use it, but if you, if you want, it's, it's an easy way to have a multi-sig wallet. Uh, if you want to do multi-sig yourself without, uh, using this company, you can, uh, then you need to have two devices that sign. But okay. if you if you want to have a, an easy to use multisig, then uh, you should go for trusted mm -hmm. coin. That's yeah. interesting. I'm going to look at that. Yeah. When you create a wallet with Electrum, you have uh, you have this choice initially on the first screen. It asks you what kind of wallet you want to create, and so you can have a standard wallet means that there is only one signature, and then you have uh, two-factor authenticated, or you have also another choice that is just generic multisig. And then you can choose uh, M of N, mm -hmm. whatever you like. Mm -hmm. And is it true that I can have several wallets in one Electrum? Yes, you can. Uh, like, I mean, the, the one, when you install the, the software, it's, uh, it, use, it can uh, create as many wallets as you want. Yes. So one can be a, 
a normal wallet with yes, one yeah, absolutely okay. yeah, uh -huh, yeah you uh -huh. can you can do whatever you want okay yes great i uh was following your tweets i mean the tweets from electrum okay And um, I've seen that there are several, like we had an attack on our server or something yes. else. Is it that servers or services um, that deal with money or cryptocurrencies are more often um, um, attacked than usual or normal servers? No, uh, I think that, okay, currently we have a DDoS attack. Uh, it's kind of under control now. We have good mitigation measures for that. Um, but this DDoS is motivated by a previous attack, which was a phishing attack. Uh, so the phishing worked, uh, the, the phishing attack started in January and, uh, it, it, it worked because there was a vulnerability in Electrum that allows the server to display a message to the user. Uh, this, uh, this was used to display error messages. For example, when you don't pay a fee that is, uh, high enough, you would see the, this message coming from the server. Uh, so this capability to show a message has been misused to trick users into believing that they have to do an upgrade. And uh, this upgrade was sending them on a fake Electrum website with a fake uh, binary that they installed and then their wallet was stolen. Oh, yeah. So in order to mitigate this, okay, the first thing we did, of course, was to to um, to fix the vulnerability in the code, but uh, that doesn't fix it for people who have uh, not upgraded their software. So in order to protect the users who did not have the latest version and did not know about this, because if you know about it, then you're kind of protected. You just install the latest version. But uh, in order to protect the users who do not know about this, um, we figure out a way to remotely crash one the, the network process inside the their software. And so, if we crash the network process, then they cannot longer be exposed to the phishing message because the phishing message is triggered by the network. Mm -hmm. Um, so we deployed this and it stopped the phishing attack um, until the attackers decided to DDoS our servers. So the, they, they, this DDoS was uh, done in order to be able, for them to be able to continue with the phishing. Mm -hmm. um, so they started to heavily attack this DDoS on our server so that our servers would not longer be able to protect uh, users who have not upgraded. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the motivation mm -hmm. behind it. Mm -hmm. And currently, uh, we have good DDoS mitigation measures. So the, the, I mean, uh, our servers are working. But that sounds a little stressful to me. So for you, yeah, it has been, developer. it has been very stressful for the last few months, uh, because we have had reports of users who have, uh, whose money has been stolen mm -hmm. because they saw this phishing message and they mm -hmm. went to download the, mm -hmm. the malware. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully it is not going to happen anymore because now we, we have, uh, solved this. I mean, The both uh, the the DDoS is under control and uh, and our servers are crashing clients who are vulnerable to phishing. 
So uh, I think uh, now it's uh, kind of solved, but it has uh, it cost us a lot of time, and uh, during this time we were not able to work on other things that yeah. we wanted to advance, sure. like for example, Lightning Network, this kind of things. Mm -hmm. What are the general steps a user should do to secure his or her wallet? Like, or maybe from the beginning, what what's the best wallet people should use and if they use it like your electron wallet on the desktop or on android how should they install it are there things you can do to be sure to have the right version to have the original version mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about okay this? i'm not going to claim that electron is the best wallet no, but okay. it is certainly the best trade-off for a lot of users uh, there is a trade-off between ease of use and security and privacy. Um, if you absolutely want to have the highest security, you should run a full node. Uh, now, it's not possible for everyone to run a full node because it's complicated. And um, what we are trying to achieve is to provide the highest possible security for people who do not want to run a full node. Um, because I also believe that the Bitcoin economy relies on people who are not always uh, able to, to run a full node, but they, they are, they, they, they are economically significant. So this is the kind of, uh, of, uh, target. Um, so what should people do to secure their wallet is first to understand what are the different types of wallets. Uh, you, and to understand where security comes from, what what is their security model? Uh, like the 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 most important thing to understand is uh, when does open source protect you and why? Uh, open source does not protect you. For example, if you are using a website wallet that uh, uses JavaScript. And because if this website is compromised, even if the source is open, you're not going to check the source every time you connect to the wallet. Uh, open source works because the source that you write can be reviewed and because it's easy for a user to check that the binary or the source that they download matches what others have reviewed. But if you use a, a website that sends you JavaScript, um, if this website is compromised, it can actually tailor the JavaScript to the user. And uh, that's very difficult to spot. Uh, what else is the distinction between custodial and non-custodial? Um, so if you want to be in charge of your money, you should not use a custodial wallet um, because, uh, or at least if you, if you decide to use a custodial wallet, you should be aware of the guarantees that it offers you in case of Uh, if it gets hacked because they, they might lose your money and then what happens? It has been the case with exchanges with like Bitfinex or Mangox. So you should know exactly what happens, uh, if the wallet or the exchange that you use, uh, loses your coins. Yeah. So you should look for if a wallet has or gives you a seat. Private key. Private that, key. Uh, seed is yeah. a is a user friendly way to 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 save okay. your your complete wallet or yes. to be able yes. to restore it. 
or we call it we we call, we can call it a mnemonic seed because seed can also be uh, not with English words. I mean, in cryptography seed is just a random number. Ah, okay. Um, but uh, mnemonic seed is a way is a user friendly way to store your private keys because you can actually write it on paper, and uh, this is what I do recommend: is to write it on a piece of paper, not to store it in a computer because. Uh, the danger with the computer is not, I mean, the main danger is that you're going to lose the data. It's not even that you're going to be hacked, mm -hmm. but you're much less likely to use a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And also review it every year. Is the paper still there and is it still yes, in shape and readable? That's, that's what you should do the first time you write down your seed. You should try to restore from what you have written down. Uh, and, and not, uh, first, uh, write it on the computer and then on the paper because there might be a discrepancy there. Okay. You just write it down and not on the computer. That's the you write it thing. down on the seed. Yeah. yeah. On, on a paper. Yeah. And then you, you test if you're able to restore from that paper. Ah, I understand. So you, you delete your wallet and yes. import the seed into a new wallet. That's so then good, you know it works. That's a good oh. thing to do. Yeah. Because, Electrum forces you to do that when you set up your wallet. But some users find this uh, not user-friendly and patronizing, and they complain that we do that. Okay. So we have competitors who just don't require this. Ah, I didn't know that, actually. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And also I got um, a tip from someone who said, always test first with a, a new address or a new wallet with a small amount. Sending to some... Not yeah, to sure. Some, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. What are the differences, uh, because Electrum is also an Android wallet, what are the differences in security between a smartphone wallet and a desktop wallet? There are differences. So the, the source code is the same. It's, uh, it's, not a, it's just a different user interface. But what is different is the distribution channel. Um, The Android wallet is typically downloaded from the Google Play Store. Uh, so you don't only trust us, but you also have to trust Google. Mm -hmm. That's something you have to know if you, but that's, that's true if, not just if you use our wallet, if you use any mm -hmm. Android phone, you, you kind mm -hmm. of trust Google, uh, unless you do not install Android on your phone. Yeah. There are possibilities to install Android without Google or? Uh, yeah, there are three versions of Android. Mm. Uh, But it's more complicated. It's more yeah. complicated, mm. yes. Mm. Most, I mean, the vast majority of people use uh, Android with their phone, so they have to be aware that they, they trust Google. But it's also because of privacy. I mean, I would rather uh, prefer to not have Google Android on my smartphone. But it's too complicated, actually, to be honest. Well, yeah, I, I, there, there is a few projects that aim to make to create a free uh, operating system for mobile phone. But mm -hmm. I'm not; uh, mm -hmm. I do not use them myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, to be honest, when I used the Electrum wallet the first time, I uh, had to close it again because I, I didn't mm -hmm. get it actually. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's very useful for experienced users or for technical users or maybe for users who also use their own full node. Um, how do you see that? What, what 
are the people who you want to serve with the wallet? I write this wallet primarily uh, for myself, in meaning that I try to create a user experience that matches my own expectation and not what I believe to be the expectation of someone else. Because uh, if you if you're trying to make things easy for other people, but you actually don't know what is easy for them, uh, you can do things wrong. Electrum was certainly easier to use in the first years because there was less features. And that's also a concern because we are trying not to add too many things to the user interface and uh, to, keep, to keep things simple. Uh, but it's true that today I hear a lot of people saying that uh, Electrum is complicated. Um, so it's also because maybe the, the user base has evolved, has changed, and uh, we, we have more people who want things that are easier to use than in the past. But uh, my, uh, my guideline is always to, to check if, if I find it useful for myself. Yes, because that's the best. Uh, I mean, it's also more motivating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a free open source project. Yeah. So, so yeah. you can do whatever yeah. you want, actually. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, when I was uh, researching for the interview, I think I saw also that you can use Electrum for online payments. If I'm a merchant and want to sell something online, yes. I could use it. Yes. What would I need to do? I mean, what would I, what's the, the, the big blocks, you know, what, what would I have to install? You would need to install an Electron daemon and probably your own full node uh, with an Electron server on it, uh, unless you decide to trust someone else. Yeah, that, I mean, for a merchant, actually, yeah, you, 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 it's kind of okay to receive payments and to use a, a not your own full note because uh, we verify the payments using SPV. Mm -hmm. So it will be fine in, in most of the cases, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if you are concerned about privacy, it's better to, to have your own full note. Mm -hmm. So it works with... Uh, you, you can start Electrum with a GUI, but you can also start Electrum in a daemon mode. So if you run a daemon mode, then you can uh, have this uh, daemon talk to your web interface and to display payments, like uh, pretty much like, uh, what is it called, Coinbase, mm -hmm. uh, those uh, to allows merchant to receive payments. Mm -hmm. Except mm -hmm. that here you, you have only Bitcoin and no fiat, so you don't receive uh, euros on your bank account. When oh, okay, you but yeah, yeah, that's fine, okay. But it it supports uh, signed payment requests using BIP70, which I believe is a very important feature uh, because for the end, uh, for the consumer, it means that the consumer is, is not going to receive just a Bitcoin address and an amount. They also receive a proof that the website requested this payment. So if there is a litigation, it's uh, it's uh, very good for the user to have this uh, signed request. It, the request is actually, is actually saved in the wallet, Electrum. Mm -hmm. Does the merchant have to pay fees to use your Electrum service? No, this is this is free software. It's not a service actually. We could run a service that makes it easier, but currently that's not our main focus. Maybe we will do this with Lightning. Currently, no, it's not a service. It's just a piece of software 
that you have to run on the machine where you have your web server. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's a big difference actually to the other, to the traditional payment services uh, yeah. in, on websites because the merchants always have to pay something to the providers. Yes, that's correct. But we do not, I mean, it's also more difficult to set up. Um, the, 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 yeah. the, those services uh, make your life easier. If I may say, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, and currently we do not provide that that mm. kind of service. Mm. Okay, understand. I think the main uh, added value of those services is that they have to they they also convert the bitcoins to fiat. This is how you gain merchant acceptance. Yeah, and we definitely do not want to go that route mm -hmm. because having to deal with uh, fiat means having to deal with a lot of regulations. Yeah, yeah. We are, we are not a service provider. We are more like. A, Soft, free tool, software project. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we provide tools. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the Lightning Network before. Yes. Um, are you planning to implement Lightning to your wallets? Yes, we. That's what we are doing at the moment. We have a branch on the GitHub repository that is uh, supporting Lightning, and uh, it's not yet deployed, but uh, we are debugging it now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, uh, I mean, it can send and receive. It's feature complete, although it doesn't have advanced features like uh, uh, AMP or uh, uh, split payments. Uh, it doesn't have that, but mm -hmm. um, uh, we are we are still working on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And do you plan to release it in the next month? Well, yeah, we, pl we, <laughs> plan, <laughs> we plan to release it three months ago. Okay. <laughs> and then you um, had some little DDoS attacks. DDoS attacks. Yeah, this has kind of, uh, this has costed, cost us uh, time, yeah. really. Yes. Yeah, mm. I do believe that, yeah. In general, can you uh, explain which programming language you use, for instance, for the Electrum wallet? I mean, if I would be a young, aspiring person and want to be a developer, what would I need to know to be able to... Sure, yeah, we, it's all written in Python. In Python, okay. Uh, I chose this language because I like it and also because it, it has a large uh, user community, so it's... Uh, uh, easier to get pull requests when you have a project in, written in Python, you get more contributors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so yeah. it's it's all in Python, except, of course, uh, for the web. Uh, I mean, this um, this part that is for merchants, so it's, it has a little bit of HTML and JavaScript there. Yeah, yeah okay. But otherwise, it's, uh, it's almost exclusively Python. Mm -hmm. But you're not working alone on the whole project anymore? No, I mean, uh, so the company currently has uh, two developers, myself and uh, another developer, uh, and the project itself has, has received contributions from hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the number of uh, contributors uh, listed on GitHub is, uh, is well over 100. Mm -hmm. And those people, they just do it because they like to do it. It's their. Yeah, it's like any open source yeah. project. I mean, we receive, uh, we receive contributions from all the time. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's not a, a very common. I think many people don't understand how this works, you know, to give your work away for free and, um, but you have to live of something. Well, people who 
contribute to this kind of project in general is because they they like the software they want to improve it because they see a bug mm -hmm. or they see something that is missing mm -hmm. so they start with small contributions and uh, and then it's very gratifying to see that your contribution is merged into the mm -hmm. the project mm -hmm. so then they they are incentivized to contribute more yeah. understand so um we're coming to an end now Okay. Um, do you maybe have any recommendations um, for books or videos or stuff uh, that's um, so interesting that you would say someone should read that? I do like the the videos of Andreas Antonopoulos. <laughs> I do not really have a recommendation for a book because I don't read any book related to Bitcoin. I I just. I mean, I mostly read mailing lists mm -hmm. uh, that are kind of technical. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I, I don't think I can recommend any book on mm -hmm. Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Aaron Van Verdum, I think, is uh, doing a very good work at explaining. So he's a journalist for the Bitcoin magazine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think he's doing a very good work at uh, explaining technical stuff mm -hmm. in simple terms. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, great. I had both of these guys um, yes. in my podcasts already. Okay. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, they both are great. Yeah. Where can our listeners follow your work or get information about the Electrum? Our, uh, we publish on Twitter whenever there is a new version or when, whenever there is an announcement to be made. We do not do user support on Twitter. Uh, so please do not send uh, send us your problem over Twitter because uh, that's not the appropriate channel for that. Um, there is GitHub for that if you want to have a, a proper bug report. Mm -hmm. Do you read the reviews on Google Play? Because yesterday I was scanning your uh, Android wallet and I saw a lot of uh, just Announce one star. Yeah, we yeah. do we do not uh, review this regularly. Uh, especially recently with the DDoS, we didn't have time to, yeah. to catch up on that. Um, but, uh, eventually we do. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. because then you can't choose, you look at the reviews and say, okay, I trust this or not. So it's difficult. Yeah. Well, yeah. There are tricks that we do not use. Like we do not have paid reviews. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. actually. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then thank you for your time. You're um, welcome. And visit in your nice office. Thank you. <laughs> and um, I hope we'll see each other again. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show and gained some new insights. If you want to support my show, please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast player, leave a five stars review and share it on social media. You can contact me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube or send me a voice message via the link on the episode page. The music is called Start With Yes by Delicate Beats. Idea and production, yours truly, Anita Posch. Have a good day and goodbye.